Every day, sports happens. It never stops. And neither do we. Get the expert perspectives you need, strategies, and vital information you won't get anywhere else. You're listening to the home of the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Hour number three, a very happy hour here on the morning after. Sirius XM, channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the Sports Grid Network, I'm your host, Ben Stevens. In this happy hour, three great guests join the program here very, very soon. Brady Tinker, who covers the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Mavericks with a breakdown of both the Cowboys looking to bounce back after a disappointing result last week at home against the Denver Broncos and the Dallas Mavericks in action tonight against one of the hottest teams in the NBA, the Chicago Bulls. Brady coming up here in just a few moments. After that, Cam Rogers joins once again on a Wednesday to get you set for the PGA Tour weekend as only Cam can with some of the best prop plays to know for the PGA Tour. And then following that, the man we call DMB, not Dave Matthews Band, but Drew Martin Betts gives you his best bets for the upcoming weekend as well to make you a more profitable better. That's what we do here on the grid. We give you the winning edge. And once again, I am Ben Stevens. Let's dive into some midweek numbers to know ahead of NFL week number 10 at the midway point of this NFL season. The regular season now is 18 weeks long, nine weeks in the books. Week 10 on the horizon starts tomorrow night. The Baltimore Ravens, a seven and a half point favorite on the road against the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night. But let's focus on a game on Sunday out in Los Angeles. This portion of our show is known as the West Coast Wake Up as we welcome in our West Coast radio audience and everybody watching, including you out there on Spectrum Sportsnet Los Angeles, the home of the LA Dodgers, a place I used to intern. Interesting enough, we are talking in this game for the NFL week number 10, the LA Chargers at home against the Minnesota Vikings, a very important game for both of these teams. And right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook, getting that latest line, the LA Chargers, a two and a half point home favorite on Sunday at SoFi Stadium against the Minnesota Vikings. The over under total is 53 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The second highest total of the weekend, only the Dallas Cowboys and the Atlanta Falcons game has a higher total than that currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's interesting to look at that total. That was 52 and a half last night. Now 53, opened at 51 and a hook, and seeing where both of these teams stand right now in the trends to the over and the under so far this year. Minnesota, out of the eight games they have played, four games to the over, four games to the under, but by an average number falling under those totals by 1.8 points per game. Meanwhile, the Chargers, who we all know have a very explosive offense, Five of the eight games for L.A. this year hitting to the under, including the last two going to the over. So earlier on in the year, a very strong sample size of games falling under for the L.A. Chargers. Those last two overs for Los Angeles, neither of those final scores hit the over of this number at 53. In fact, both of those fi- the last two scores for L.A., 51 combined points, not going over even the opener of 51 and a half, now 53 for an over-under total on Sunday afternoon between the L.A. Chargers and the Minnesota Vikings. So we look at that now also from a trend perspective as we look at the number itself. The Chargers, a two-and-a-half point favorite. L.A. so far this year, five and three straight up, five and three against the spread. Minnesota, just three and five straight up, but four and four against the number, and the Minnesota Vikings in a very comfortable spot for the Vikes so far this year, 3-0 ATS 
as an underdog so far this season for Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins, and everybody, even on the road. So 3-0 ATS as an underdog so far this season as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here the third and final hour of the morning after on this Wednesday. You are listening on Sirius XM, Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. This is our West Coast wake-up portion of the show as we welcome in our West Coast Radio audience and we talk about the L.A. Chargers hosting the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday in SoFi Stadium out in Los Angeles. The Chargers, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, here for the morning after. So the Chargers, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under total is 53, despite the fact we have stronger trends to the under for both of these teams so far this year. Maybe it's at 53 and steadily increasing from an opener of 51-and-a-half for an over-under because both of these rushing defenses Pretty porous so far this year. Both ranking in the bottom three of the entire National Football League. Minnesota, the third worst rushing defense, 136.6 yards per game given up to their opponents so far. L.A., even worse than that. The Chargers are dead last in rushing defense so far this season. 161.6 yards per game given up to their opponents. Might the other side feast on the inability, at least to this point, of neither defense to really contain the ground game of their opponents may be leading us to an over of a total right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook at 53 points. The second highest over under total of the NFL Week 10 slate. The highest, the Dallas Cowboys in the Atlanta Falcons at 55 in the star this upcoming Sunday. Brady Tinker will join us here very soon to preview that matchup. The Cowboys looking to bounce back and also some NBA coverage for the Dallas Mavericks as well. As we focus on the team that plays their football out in Los Angeles on Sunday, the Chargers will host the Minnesota Vikings as a two and a half point favorite on Monday night. Just a quick preview of this line here between the L.A. Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. This one not in Southern California, but up in Northern California in Santa Clara. The Niners, a three and a half point underdog against the LA Rams, who are laying three and a half on the road. An over under total of 48 and a half. The Rams looking to bounce back in a big way after being upset on Sunday night against the Titans this past Sunday. Brady Tinker joins the program in just a couple of moments. On the other side of the break, we break down everything Dallas here on the morning after Sirius XM channel 159 stay with us here on the grid on the other side of the break this is the technology minute with George Capalbo a private ride to space it's all fun and games if you're William Shatner in an instant you go whoa otherwise lately space tourism is having a few technical problems SpaceX Crew Dragon? Stinky. Leaky Plumbing? Oh. Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic? Grounded by the FAA for airspace violations. And unless you're comped like Shatner for your ride, so weird. your one hour flight? Really expensive. Now there's an alternative. Worldview and Space Perspective are offering up to 12-hour leisurely balloon flights 100,000 feet up to the top of the stratosphere with gourmet meals and the world's highest rooftop bar with separate plumbing. Follow me at Chicopalvo on Twitter and stay tuned to The Technology Minute for more cool stuff like this.
Some people get their information from just anybody. Friends, co-workers, horoscopes, gum wrappers. If that's you, dude, what are you doing? Credibility. It's a thing. We're your trusted source for gaming, odds, and more. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 159. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Kicking off one of our first three guests here in the third hour of this show on the morning after for happy hour, it is Brady Tinker, the host of a Cowboy Life podcast who covers everything Dallas sports. Not only are we going to talk the Cowboys today in the hopes that Dallas can bounce back this week against the Atlanta Falcons, but also a look at the early portion of the NBA season for the Dallas Mavericks. First and foremost, Brady, as always, thank you for joining us here on a Wednesday. Ben, great to be here. Let's uh, let's not talk Rangers if we can avoid that. Otherwise, I'm in on everything yep. Dallas sports right now. Listen, we will avoid the Rangers. I mean, we're not even truly at the winter meetings yet. A lot of time right. until we even have to worry about Major League Baseball, especially, Brady, with how much we have going on right now on the sports landscape. So let's start first with the Dallas Cowboys and before we look at this matchup this upcoming week against the Atlanta Falcons let's go back it was a disappointing result for Dak being back this past Sunday at home against the Denver Broncos the Cowboys closed as a nine and a half point favorite against the Broncos and they lost that game outright 30 to 16 what was your impression of that game and are you concerned about anything moving forward for Dallas there were a lot of oddities. Uh, Dak did not practice much uh, before the game. I, I personally, when we were on last week, said I didn't think he was going to play. I thought one more week, week would do him good. Uh, he was insistent on playing. He did not look the same. He missed a lot of throws. Uh, he had a couple of drops. There were just a lot of real oddities in the game that sort of started to stack up. And maybe after six straight wins, this team was due a clunker. The good news is everybody was bad. So it's an easy teaching game. You go back, you look at it, you say, let's forget it. But let's also remember, one, it's a really long season. And two, every game in the NFL is hard to win. So I think they're happy that it was an AFC game. Uh, it may have come at a good time. They're, they weren't going to win 14 or 15, you know, 16 games anyway. So sometimes losses are good if there is such a thing. Nobody got hurt, which is amazing because Dak Prescott inexplicably was in the game for the last six minutes of the game, scoring meaningless points and running a two-point conversion into the end zone with 50 seconds left to go, I, along with most of the Cowboy Nation and the rest of the media world, was like, what are you doing risking the entire season? <laughs> they got away with it, apparently. Yeah, maybe Dak's so insistent on playing, he wanted to be out there for the two-point conversion, but why risk the franchise? Regardless, Dallas does not cover that game, a nine-and-a-half-point spread. Dallas entering last Sunday, the lone remaining unbeaten in all of the NFL against number so far this year now, the Cowboys 7-1 ATS, still covering by an average margin of 4.6 points per game. They were also going to be, Brady, a big favorite this weekend at home once again in Dallas. The Cowboys laying nine points as they host the Atlanta Falcons, and that over-under total of 55 is the biggest of the entire NFL Week 10 slate across the entire National Football League. So, Brady, how do we break down this matchup between the Cowboys and the Falcons? Well, I, I don't like the nine points. I think there is a, a little sluggishness to this offense, and we'll see how they overcome it. Uh, I also think Atlanta will be able to score points. Um, Tavon Diggs or Trayvon Diggs is obviously not the defensive player of the year. 
he's being exposed a little bit for a guy who peaks in the backfield. So it helps when you get turnovers. It hurts when other teams' wide receivers are running wide open and you give up big plays. So I, I, I don't like the nine. I do like the Cowboys to win. So I'd be happy to take the money line on a win. And I'm going to go ahead and take the over. I think uh, Michael Gallup returns. Um, Dak Prescott gets his legs back underneath him. And there were some issues uh, with Tyron Smith not playing on the left side. They moved Terrence Steele, who'd done a good job replacing L. Collins on the right, over to the left. Seems a little strange. And Collins came back at the right. So there was some rust. And literally after the game, Terrence Steele was like, well, it was harder than I thought it was going to be. A very honest answer. Uh, but this guy is a guy who bounces back, who works hard, who the team believes in. I don't think uh, that you're going to have any changes in that offensive line this week, but I do expect them to play better. So I'll, I'll take the money line uh, because I don't like nine points. I think it's too much. Uh, and I'll take the over. I think the Cowboys offense is going to bounce back. I think Michael Gallup gives them a lift. 55, the largest total of the entire weekend oh, wow. here entering NFL Week number 10. Brady, there are three double-digit favorites right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook, and there are three teams additionally that are favored by nine or more points, including the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers laying nine and a half as road favorites this week in the nation's capital or just outside the nation's capital taking on the Washington football team. That over-under total, 51 and a half. Washington has the worst record against the spread in all of the NFL, coming off of a bye week, getting nine and a half points at home, but... Mm -hmm. Brady, do you think the Buccaneers can cover nearly a 10-point spread? Well, the Buccaneers are also coming off of a bye week and coming off of a loss where they were pretty embarrassed against the New Orleans Saints. That sticks in Tom Brady's craw. I still think Tampa is one of the most talented teams, if not the most talented team in the NFL. Uh, and Washington has averaged 11 points a game in their last three games. I, I thought... Heineke and company would do better. I thought the running game would be more consistent. I thought a lot of things about this team, but a first place schedule for Washington, who unfortunately for them won the NFC East last year, is proving to be very tough. They just don't have any momentum. Uh, and I think this is where really good teams and really good players step up on the road. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to take the under in this game because I don't think Washington's going to score many points, uh, but I'll certainly take Tampa and give those points uh, to cover on the road. Two very strong opposing trends to know for this game. Washington, the worst record against the spread in all of the NFL. Tampa, yet to cover as a road team so far this year, laying nine and a half on the road against WFT this upcoming Sunday. So Brady Tinker, not only the host of the Cowboy Life podcast that covers the Dallas Cowboys, also has a great pulse for the rest of Dallas sports, including the NBA team there in Dallas the Dallas Mavericks. And so far this year, Brady, Dallas has been off to a good start straight up in their record, 7-3 and three overall, mm -hmm. but just 3-7 and seven against the spread. But right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook, still the favorites to win the NBA Southwest Division within mm -hmm. the Western Conference. Dallas minus 240 is the heavy odds-on favorite to win that division, positioning them well for the postseason. What's the outlook like for Dallas now nearly a month into this NBA campaign? Well, much better, to be honest with you, than I would have thought. I think the over and under on them winning uh, games at the beginning of the season was 48 and a half. Some people had them with as many as 52. Uh, I, th I certainly thought 52 was too many. But coming out 7-3 and three in their first 10 games, granted, they haven't really beat too many good teams, but they are beating the teams they're supposed to beat. There's some oddities, though. They are 25th in scoring, where most pundits would have said, well, this team will lean on its offense and see if they can get by on its defense. Jason Kidd is sort of flipping the script. Uh, he's going with a little bit of a slower offensive pace, trying to get Porzingis in the post a little bit more, which isn't really working when he plays. Uh, and they are certainly 
really dependent on Luka Doncic, who was one of the two or three best players in all of the NBA. So their scoring's down, but their defense has been much better. Their rebounding's been much better. Uh, and it, it's a bit of an oddity, but they are winning games that they are supposed to win. Certainly don't like betting on them, but I do like them in the Southwest Division. The only team that I worry about a little bit is Memphis. They're a little more diverse. John Morant, Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson are a pretty good team, and Dylan Brooks looks like a good defensive player. So if anyone's going to bump them off the post, maybe if Luka ends up with a few too many injuries, misses a few too many games, then Memphis might step in there and win that Southwest division. But but I like where the Mavericks are at. Brady, only about 45 seconds left here. The Mavericks with a tough test tonight on the road in Chicago, getting three and a half points as the road underdog, the over-under total, 214 and a half. You mentioned they haven't played all that many great teams yet. Chicago off to a great start this year. What do you make of this matchup this evening? Well, we'll see if uh, Chicago's too athletic for this team. That's that's the real question with the Mavericks. As good as Luka is, he's not extraordinarily athletic. Neither is Porzingis. So their best athletes are some of their role players that, that run around and do a lot of things on help defense and when they can get out and run. This will be a real challenge for them on the road. Uh, this is not a game that I would probably uh, take the Mavericks in the three points, to be honest with you, as I sit here now. They might prove me wrong, but I'd like to make them prove me wrong against a couple of good teams first. The Mavericks 0-3 when booked as an underdog so far this year, getting three and a half points tonight in Chicago. Brady Tinker, the host of a Cowboy Life podcast covering the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Mavericks, and giving us that insight here on the morning after. Brady, as always, thank you so much for your time. Ben, great to see you. Talk to you next week. Yeah, talk to you very, very soon. And hopefully the Cowboys bounce back this upcoming Sunday against the Falcons. Coming up next, Cam Rogers and some PGA Tour plays. That's next year on The Grid. The Sports Grid Radio Network presents This Date in Sports History. Marvelous Marvin Hagler. 1983, Marvelous Marvin Hagler retains his world middleweight boxing title with a 15-round unanimous decision over Roberto Duran. He wouldn't come at me the way how we planned, so I had to change up. That's what a mark of a good fighter, that you can still change up in the inside. A lot of fighters can't. They're throwing off stride. For Sports Grid Radio, I'm Mike Demerges. is never just luck. If you think winning is only a matter of chance, think again. We bring you sports gaming strategies and information that changes outcomes. Keep it here. And get the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 159. Our third and final happy hour rolls on right now. And I'm Ben Stevens. Very pleased to welcome on Cam Rogers as he joins the show each and every Wednesday to preview the weekend in the PGA Tour. The Houston Open this weekend, Cam Rogers, is where we turn our attention. But before we do, as we dive through the futures market, trying to pick an outright winner, looking at some prop plays, all of that good stuff. Welcome on to the morning after once again. 
Good morning, Ben. It's so great to be with you. Excited for the Houston Open here this week. We're rearing up for not the Masters, because typically the Houston Open is before the Masters, but we're rearing up for the match in a couple of weeks. All right, Ben, I'm excited for that. We're getting through all the marquee events before we get into the real thick of a new PGA Tour season once we get into the new year. Cam Rogers, the host of the Lock It In podcast for the Believe Podcast Network, here to give you some winners for this PGA Tour Houston Open. And Cam, when you look at the future outright board right now, some names that might be familiar to some golf bettors if they have been betting golf for quite some time. The favorite right now, Sam Burns at plus 1,500. You see guys like Scotty Scheffler, Matthew Wolf, Tony Finau. So as I always do each and every Wednesday, Cam, I ask you, where is the value on this futures outright board? You know, it's an interesting field this week, Ben. Typically, the fall series events have a pretty poor field, but I like this board, as you see on your screen. I would do, like, some sort of wolf call right now, Ben, but I don't think I have it in me to do that, and it might break the glasses in your audience's rooms because my voice would just screech. But I'm all over Matthew Wolf. 49-1, to 1, baby. Let's do it. It's wolf time. I think he's trending toward a win. T5 last week in Mexico at the Mayakoba. Prior to that, T17. Prior to that, runner-up in Vegas. You know what? We are learning so much about the power of stepping away when you need to, right? Matthew Wolf took some time away from the game to deal with some mental health. And look at him now. I mean, obviously, it did him some great good. So you could expect Calvin Ridley, for instance, to come back and play really good for the Falcons after his break is over. So we're learning a lot about this process here and getting back into that shape to perform on the PGA Tour or regular athletic stage. Matthew Wolf is an immense talent, fantastic driver of the golf ball. The iron game is there. He's one of the best, by the way, Ben, on these type of golf courses. We're talking about par 70s that are long. This is a 7,400-yard golf course. This is not your typical resort course during the fall series where there's a lot of birdies or anything like that. No, this is going to be very difficult. Major championship-esque, not all the way, but close to it. And so it's going to be a grinded-out affair. I like Matthew Wolf there at that number, 29-1 to 1, all over it. Feels like very good value on Matthew Wolf. If you will not do the Wolf call, Cam Rogers, allow me to do so. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Thank you. That's kind of like a wolf, I think. Listen, my mascot in high school was a coyote. Coyote, a distant relative in the Wolf family. So that is something that I know how to do from a very, very young age. But let's move past our animal noises and look at the finishing positions because this is a market where you can find some great edges and profitability on a weekly basis in the PGA Tour. Now, to finish top 10, you will see a name that you would expect to be a favorite with rather long odds. Brooks Kepka to finish top 10 at the Houston Open is plus 370, Cam, right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Why such long odds for Kepka? Brooks Kepka has been a curious case so far in this fall series here, Ben. Coming off a missed cut at Mayakoba, wasn't too surprised about that. He's better suited for a tournament like this where it's grinded out major championship type of atmosphere where the winning score is going to be 10 under 11 under par or something along those lines look close your eyes and bet this plus 370 i think is a very quality play here's an interesting note here ben this golf course memorial park recently went through some big time renovations who was a consultant during those renovations brooks kepka he knows this golf course oh. played well here last year Right, And he's getting ready to take on Bryson DeChambeau. He's going to have to do something good on the PGA Tour before that, or else Bryson could run away with this thing at the match. Look, Brooks Kepka can kind of be that guy who doesn't play well at these typical PGA Tour events. 
But this is a pretty interesting event here for him. I think he needs to prove something that he can perform even when it's not a major championship. You may recall he won the Phoenix Open last year coming off like three straight missed cuts. So he's this like mm. guy that can just pop out of nowhere, right? So a top 10 very much in reason. And I'll just say this. Over the last 24 rounds on golf courses over 7,400 yards, Kepka ranks second in strokes gained tee to green and first in ball striking. He likes these lengthy golf courses. I don't know where you found those analytics and metrics to pull out that stat right there, but I'm glad you did because that is wonderful <laughs> information. Two more prop plays for you in the finishing positions market for this Houston Open. Two top 20s and two guys right around $2 in plus money to get it done. Mark Leishman, who is plus 190 to finish top 20, and then Maverick McNeely, one of the best names on the PGA Tour, plus 200, 2-1 two to one to finish top 20. Why are we targeting these two guys this weekend, Cam? Yeah, McNeely there at plus 200. Look, this is a guy who can grind it out on the PGA Tour. First in this field in strokes gained total in difficult scoring conditions. That's going to be the case this week. T20 at the Memorial Park Golf Course last year. Fresh off a 64 at Mayakoba where he finished T11. That's something I like to look at, Ben. That final round in the tournament before that player played in. When you shoot a 64, that typically means some momentum carrying into the next week. I think McNeely is in for a solid top 20 finish. Leishman is a guy that I typically don't like to bet on because he's so volatile, but he's starting to show some consistency here. And Australians typically play well in the Lone Star State. Windy conditions. They know how to get it done there. Adam Scott, Cam Smith, these guys should play well this week. Two top four finishes and Leishman's previous three starts on the PGA Tour. Ranks 19th in strokes gained tee to green over the last 12 rounds. That's more immediate recent form there. But I think Leishman is in for a pretty solid finish here this week. Plus 190. Worth a dabble. And you will see two more prop plays on Cam's top prop plays for the Houston Open on that graphic we have up. Both looking at Shane Lowry to be the top European finisher. And then, excuse me if I pronounce his last name wrong, is it Aaron Ray to be the top Englishman? Is that where we're going to the prop market? Aaron Rye. Let's get it done this ah, week, baby. I'm all over him, it. man. Look, this guy does not get any respect. He's competing against Willett, Westwood, Poulter, and Hatton in this category of top Englishmen. I'm not too concerned about any of these guys except for maybe Tyrrell Hatton. But look, Wright was T15 last week in Mexico. This guy has five career worldwide uh, wins. I mean, when you win anywhere, I mean, I'm talking about the European Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, typically that translates to the next level, right? When you taste victory, that matters. I don't care where it gets done. Aaron Rye at plus 470, some serious value in my opinion. Top European, I typically don't go in this direction, but again, the competition in this category really doesn't scare me. So I like Shane Lowry at plus 750. I'm okay with the missed cut last week. Interestingly enough, the competition in this tier probably really won't get there. It could be like a runaway situation where Shane Lowry really peels away from the rest of the crew here. So I think he's a guy who is better suited for a tournament like this, not the one last week, which is more of a birdie fest, but a grinded out affair where pars are at a premium, avoiding bogeys, and playing well in windy conditions and tight conditions. I think Shane Lowry for top European at plus 750. It's a pretty good number in my opinion. Aaron Rye, I'm very sorry to have pronounced your last name wrong. I did not mean any disrespect 
I hope you go out there and prove me wrong so I can learn your last name. Aaron Rye, plus 470 to be the top Englishman this week at the Houston Open. Now in the fall series, golf dwindles down a little bit. So Cam Rogers, the host of the Lock It In podcast for the Believe Podcast Network, can turn his handicapping expertise a little bit more to the gridiron as well. So Cam, you have a couple of plays for the NFL weekend number 10. As we look at this board here, what are a couple of the games that stand out the most to you? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting slate of NFL action here this weekend. And I'm really looking at the Washington football team at plus nine and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You may recall that it was a pretty tight game during that wild card matchup between the Washington football team and those eventual Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Washington coming off the bye week. I think they figure it out on defense. That talent is too good not to translate on the football field as far as execution is concerned. Look, is Tampa Bay going to win? Of course. But can Washington keep it within seven points? Absolutely. So I do like that play a lot there. Raiders money line over the Kansas City Chiefs. Ben, I don't know about you, but I'm done with the Chiefs. I'm done. Spread I'm not. outright money line. I don't care. I'm all over the Raiders this week. The Chiefs are 0-5 against the spread in their last five games in the AFC. The Raiders are 4-1 in AFC play. They laid their egg against the Giants on the road during a 1 o'clock Eastern time game. They got that out of the way. Now it's Sunday night football. Now it's against a really bad defense in the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm concerned about that offense, Ben. I don't know what's going on with Kansas City, but I think the Raiders are pretty darn good, so I like that play. Be careful with the Seahawks number. I'm still going to hammer it at plus three and a half. I don't think Rodgers can play. Like, we won't know until Saturday, and even then, I don't think he's going to suit up for the uh, Green Bay Packers at the quarterback position. Russell Wilson is coming back. The Seahawks are 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five games. If Rodgers does play... Yeah, it's going to be a tough one to swallow, but I'm going to go with it anyway and assume that Rodgers will not be playing in that football game. I'll take Seattle there with the points. Cam, I am not off the Kansas City Chiefs as I am a Chiefs fan, so plus 122 for the Raiders on the money line. You're crazy, man. Anyway, I'm surprised you didn't have the Ravens laying 7.5 on Thursday night against the Miami Dolphins tomorrow night as you are a huge Ravens fan. But regardless, whether it's the PGA Tour or the NFL, Cam, as always, thank you so much for your insight. You got it, my man. Talk to you soon. Cam Rogers, the host of the Lock It In podcast for the Believe Podcast Network, always breaking it down for us here on the morning after. Coming up, DMB in a sweet musical stylings. That being Drew Martin Betts. That's up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right here on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio across Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. 
I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Three guests here in our third and final hour, and now we round it out with the best of them. D-M-B, Drew Martin Betts. No, not Dave Matthews Band, if you thought we were getting Dave on the show today, but Drew Martin Betts here to join us to talk some college football as we look forward to this weekend number 11 in the Saturday slate across the collegiate landscape. Drew, we are in the final month of the regular season. We had our second CFP poll last night. Do not get me started on Michigan and Michigan State again, but we look forward to what we hope is a very profitable Saturday. Great to have you back on the show once again. Hey, great to be back. Big 10, Ben, Ben Stevens himself, you know, DMB, Dave Matthews bands, but he puts up some uh, good concerts. That's a, a tough person to be compared to. I've had some good times at those, but uh, hey, nonetheless, hopefully you can find some winners here in college football. You bring up the uh, college football playoff, Ben. How about it? I, you know, after talking with you last week and seeing Alabama struggle a little bit here against LSU, I actually think you, you turned me. I know I'm supposed to be an SEC guy, but at the same time, I got the Auburn-Alabama rivalry. Seeing them at number two, yeah. I think they're getting a little bit too much of the benefit of the doubt there playing in the SEC on that west side. I think they should drop down a little bit. I really do, Ben. Yeah, it's just I don't think there was a lot of teams, Drew, that made a much more compelling case in the committee's eyes to take number two away from Alabama because Bama struggled, did not cover a 28.5-point spread at home against LSU. Ohio State did not cover a 14.5-point spread on the road against Nebraska. Cincinnati did not cover a 23.5-point spread at home against Tulsa. So that's why I think Alabama held firm. And don't get me started again on Michigan being ranked ahead of Michigan State. We play the football games for a reason. It's a poll based on outcomes that have already happened. The predictive model is what we do here looking at games and odds and spreads. And Drew, one of the games I want to focus on first here for the collegiate landscape this weekend is a game in the SEC featuring your very Auburn Tigers. Auburn right now, as I'm pulling up the odds just to make sure I have the latest line, a five and a half point home favorite against Mississippi State. The over-under total, 49.5. Drew, the reason this game is compelling to me is because Auburn still has a shot at making the SEC championship game because they almost control their own path with a win here, a win next week, and then a win in the Iron Bowl against the vaunted rivals in the Alabama Crimson Tide. But let's start with this matchup against the Bulldogs. Auburn laying 5.5 at home. How confident are you that Auburn can cover this number? You know, Ben, uh, Auburn's kind of a tricky handicap right now. They really are. You know, if they could get some better quarterback play, we've seen Bo Nix kind of uh, struggle at times, and that's putting it that's putting it lightly. Um, and, and see this offense really just kind of clamp down, not be able to move the ball. If you can stop Tank Bigsby up front, you can have some success against this Auburn offense. Now, the defensive side of things, very, very good. This defensive front for Auburn uh, gets after the quarterback, the linebacker position, very, very talented, and the defensive back position. There's guys going to be playing on NFL rosters in the future on the Auburn defensive side of things. The thing that kind of scares me about this one with Auburn is the offense last week against Texas A&M, also going back in time against the Georgia Bulldogs. When they're facing the better defensive fronts, they very much struggled. And we talk about matchup handicapping in college football. In my opinion, it should come to the forefront. What does your offense struggle with that defenses are doing well? Texas A&M, Georgia, the two best defensive lines that they've gone against. Bo Nix has very much struggled. And sure enough, they're going up against another good defensive front here. 
in Mississippi State. Therefore, I think that takes me off of Auburn. Now they're back at home. Jordan Hare, tough place to play, although it's a it's an early kick. If it was a night game, I think that would matter more sidewise. So actually, Ben, I'm going after this from a total standpoint, and it looks like the market agrees with me. I got on this earlier in the week, and sure enough, we're seeing sub 50 right now at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Mm-hmm. I like this total towards the under. I think both defensive units are the superior units over who they're going to be going up against offensively. I think Auburn defense holds Mike Leach's offense at bay. In Mississippi State, that Bulldog defense does the same to Bo Nix and company. So I like this under. If you can find it at 50, that's great. Even 49 and a half at FanDuel Sportsbook, I would look under, Ben. Yeah, that over-under total right now of 49.5, the same over-under total for Auburn last week against Texas A&M, and that game never came well close short. to sniffing the over, finishing with A&M winning that football game 20-3. So Auburn has a path to the SEC championship game, needing to knock off Alabama. A&M has already knocked off Alabama and is rooting for Auburn mm-hmm. to do that in the Iron Bowl because then the Aggies would reach the SEC championship game. But a very tough test for Jimbo Fisher and company this weekend on the road in Oxford, Mississippi against the Rebels of Ole Miss. A&M laying two and a half on the road here, Drew. A 55 and a half over under total for a game featuring a Lane Kiffin coached Ole Miss team seems very low to me. How are you approaching this game between Texas A&M and Ole Miss? Sure. I mean, you bring up the total first and forefront here, Ben. I mean, how about Ole Miss? How many unders in a row have they cashed? And sure enough, it takes the market a little while to adjust. But they're on, what, four or five unders in a row. Talking about this Lane Kiffin coached offense. um, Supposed to go really up-tempo. And they have been. They just haven't been able to score points here. And I think that that actually comes into this handicap, Ben, on the offensive side of things for Ole Miss. This is not the same Rebel team that went up against Louisville and smashed them week one, did the same to Tulane early on in the season. This is a banged-up Matt Corral. You know, he is not Mm. the same guy running the football. And when that mobility is not there, it really shows with the offensive production. Also, their best player, Mingo, isn't out there catching passes. So I think that that speaks towards this total being in the mid-50s. It also speaks to this Ole Miss offense really struggling. And I think Texas A&M has a heyday here. I mean, minus two in the hook. It's an under three of that key number. I know I don't like, you know, I've said this before on the show, Ben, you know, be careful laying points on the road. However, this is under three here. So I always look at this as pick the winner. Of course, numbers do matter. But Texas A&M covering four straight games, including the Alabama Mm. Crimson Tide, and the Auburn Tigers, two teams that really had their way with this Ole Miss team. Add in, you know, Missouri and South Carolina covering those games at least. Uh, not going to take a feather out of their cap. I think Texas A&M is the side. They're getting decent quarterback play with Calzada. They got the coaching here. They have the athletes. Uh, Texas A&M minus two and a half is the side I bet, Ben. The Aggies, the second-best scoring defense in all of college football, only behind Georgia, in only allowing 14.7 points per game to their opponent. They held Auburn to just three points a week ago. Ole Miss has played five straight, or excuse me, four straight unders. That's why you see 55.5, the lowest total we have seen for a game featuring Mississippi all year long. So, Drew, as we continue to dive through some of your best bets, for this upcoming Saturday slate. SMU laying near a touchdown at home against UCF. Cincinnati is cheering for SMU to bolster up the American a little bit. Do you think the Stings can cover at home against the Knights? 
I do. Absolutely. I mean, I think the market has kind of given us a gift here. It was seven and a hook. Obviously, somebody out there disagrees with me. But hey, at this point in the season, I trust my numbers more than a market push here. So SMU minus seven, I think, is bringing us value. couple reasons why. One, this, this Mustangs defense. You know, Jim Levitt coaching them up. I think defensively, um, going up against Gus Malzahn coached offense with likely a freshman quarterback calling the, calling the shots here on the road where he really hasn't looked all that good outside of a Temple team that's already quit on the season. So I think this UCF offense, is really going to struggle here. I mean, how many times have we seen these South Florida recruits go on the road, you know, tough road trips and not perform well? UCF's home road dichotomy, it's almost like a starting pitcher in MLB. You got to look after this stuff come the month of November. I'm looking to fade UCF on the road, and SMU is kind of the the perfect team to do so. You look at the spot-wise, Ben, you know, SMU jumped out to that, what, 6-0, 7-0 start and then sure enough, the yeah. last two games, both back-to-back on the road against the two best teams in the conference, or at least uh, outside of Cincinnati, the two, of the th- two of the three best teams in the conference, all due respect to the Bearcats out there, Memphis and Houston. That's Memphis with their starting quarterback back, and the Houston Cougars playing good football. They're coming back home after those two losses. They're hungry. Sonny Dykes, watch out here, minus seven. I think SMU runs it up on UCF, a really banged-up UCF squad. It's not only Dylan Gabriel at the quarterback position. Half their defense is out as well. I'm looking SMU. I bet at minus seven. And that was some conviction right there in the backing of SMU and the reasoning and thought process behind backing the Stangs against the number this weekend against Central Florida. Drew, don't look now, but the Miami Hurricanes have won three mm-hmm. straight football games with a guy named Tyler Van Dyke playing quarterback. Things are turning around for the Canes, at least, showing some resolve at the end of this season. And this week, Manny Diaz and company take a a two-and-a-half-point favorite spread on the road to Tallahassee to take on Florida State. Miami only laying two-and-a-half on the road. Are you looking to the road team or the home team with the Knowles this weekend? Sure. Battle for the Sunshine State here, Ben. I mean, I'm, I'm actually looking towards the U here. The Miami Hurricanes laying the two-and-a-half. I think the market's telling us something here. Favoring Miami on the road. Absolutely, man. Throw up the U, Big Ten, Ben. We got um, the Miami Hurricanes. You talked about it. Their quarterback, Van Dyke, a talented kid. Nobody really knew what he had. They're behind Derek King at the quarterback position. And sure enough, he came out and he struggled, Ben. It's something we see with young quarterbacks. But you go back to their bye week. Keep in mind, Rhett Lashley, their offensive quarterback, a Gus Malzahn disciple. And a lot of times, I can go back in time when he was the offensive coordinator at his previous stops with young quarterbacks. After that bye week, they get some playing time under their belt. And sure enough, some practice time on top of that. They come out as better quarterbacks. We've seen that with Van Dyke. Sure enough, since then, four games. They went on the road to UNC. They didn't win the game. They stayed well within the number and sure enough have covered three of four winning four, three of four as well straight up. So this Miami Hurricanes team, their offense is rolling right now and I think it's a time to buy on especially because FSU just a week removed from what 20 guys missing the game to a lot of them due to flu type symptoms. It's only one week removed from that. I know that they're at home, but still this FSU team is not a team I'm looking to buy on right now against NC state. They didn't look good. We all remember how that game against Clemson ended up. So against, uh, against the spread here, FSU has been a money burner 
and I'm looking to uh, bet on the Miami Hurricanes here. After that bye week, they've been cashing tickets. I'm not jumping off the train now, Ben. Miami has won three straight games. They won that third straight game against Georgia Tech this past week, but did not cover as a nearly 10-point favorite. They have only covered once as a favorite this year. That was against Central Connecticut State. Take that for what you will, but a good spot, I think. Only laying two and a half this weekend against Florida State. Quickly here, Drew Martin. Only about 30 seconds left. You're also a huge college basketball person. When does the attention start to shift to college hoops? Oh, it's already it's already started, Ben. College basketball isn't a, a oh, yeah. sport that I, I look to kind of fire off plays early in the season. I like to see it with my own eyes instead of trusting other people's opinion. But uh, still, get after it, guys. College basketball is the best sport, in my opinion, to make money long term. Just so much for the odds makers to do. Pick your spots. Fire away in college basketball, buddy. Drew and I were hosting an in-game live on a Sunday night during conference tournament season, giving out some CAA winners. That's how you know Drew Martin yes. knows his stuff. Drew Martin bets from here on SportsGrid. Catch him on in-game live across the weekend and giving you best bets always. Drew, as always, thank you so much for your time. More of the morning after coming up next. Pharrell, coast to coast. So last Christmas, I gave my mother-in-law a 100 milligram gummy bear, and she fell asleep nice. for five hours on Christmas Day, and my wife hasn't slept with me since. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I would think I think I would get double the sex if I did that to our mother. She wants to keep her comatose as much as possible. Wow, we've got a whole different system going. It's Pharrell Coast to Coast with Scott Pharrell. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific. On the home of the winning edge. The Sports Grid Radio Network. Listen to Sports Grid. You can always go to a horse stable, find one with shoes, pry one off, and hang it over your door. Or you can get the winning edge right here. And you won't take a hoof to the head. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. We close out our three hours together here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM Channel 159 and all across the SportsGrid network. But before we say goodbye, before we say farewell, before we round out our time over the course of these three hours on this Wednesday morning, it is time to send you into your Wednesday evening with a best bet. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. So the college basketball slate, not nearly as good on this Wednesday night as it was yesterday on the opening night of college basketball, but still some pretty good games out there on the board, including the team that Kenneth Pomeroy has ranked second in his efficiency ratings, the Michigan Wolverines opening up the year at home in the Chrysler Center in Ann Arbor and only laying 12 and a half points against Buffalo. Now, Buffalo is the favorite to win the MAC, the Mid-American Conference. Buffalo at plus 155 to win the MAC right now. Pretty short odds to be that conference regular season champion. Well, Michigan has the second shortest odds to win the Big Ten Conference, and Michigan right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook is tied for the second shortest odds, only behind Gonzaga to win the national championship. Pretty much overall, the point being here, Michigan is a very good college basketball team. Know the names of Hunter Dickinson. Know the names that they have bringing in three McDonald's All-Americans like Musa Diabate to the fold in Ann Arbor this year. 
Michigan is going to be a very solid team, not only in contention for the Big Ten crown, but also in hopes of making the Final Four and cutting down the nets in early April. So this, a start for Jawan Howard and company in Ann Arbor to get things off on a very strong foot. With that being said, only laying 12.5 at home for their season opener feels a little light to me. I think Michigan can win this game by 15 or more and cover this 12.5 point spread against Buffalo tonight. So the bye-bye-bye best bet, Michigan minus 12 and a half against Buffalo on this Wednesday evening for college hoops. The morning after returns tomorrow each and every weekday on the grid 9 a.m. Eastern right here going up until noon Eastern each and every weekday. I'm Ben Stevens. Talk to everyone tomorrow.